creating opportunities for family farmers and tribal communities across the country is what we're trying to do here. And Tim, and Governor Walt, Governor, it's a great thank you for the great work and the partnership what you're doing here in Minnesota. And and Mayor Paul, Rhonda, where, where's Rhonda? With the mayor. There you are, Mayor. Thank you for being here as well. I appreciate it. And thank you for the passport uh, into the city. Uh, <laughs> I don't get many passports these days. Over the past 40 years or so, we've had a practice in America, economic practice called trickle-down economics. And it hit rural America especially hard. It hollowed out Main Street, telling farmers the only path to success was to get big or get out. Tax cuts for big corporations encouraged companies to grow bigger and bigger, move jobs and production overseas for cheaper labor, and undercut local small businesses. Meat-producing companies and the retail grocery chains consolidate, leaving farmers with ranchers with few choices about where to sell their products, reducing their bargaining power. Corporations that sell seed, fertilizer, and even farm equipment use their outsized market power to change farmers and charge them and ranchers unfair prices. You know, in part because of these conditions, over the past four decades, we lost over 400,000 farms in America. 400,000. Over 141 million acres of farmland. And that's an area roughly equal to the size of Minnesota, North and South Dakota combined, the three. Facing higher costs and earning less, family farms have struggled to make, to make it work, to make the math work. And the promise of keeping the farm and the family is slipping out of reach for so many across America. When family farms go by the wayside, small businesses, hospitals, schools to support them, they suffer as well in the community. And as a result, Farmers and ranchers and rural business owners, including scores of young people, have to leave home in search of good-paying jobs and a chance at the American dream. All over rural America, young people are saying to their parents, kind of live here anymore. I can't do it because I can't find a job. You gave me an education, but there's nothing for me here. I got to leave. I came to office determined to change that. And by the way, parenthetically, I come from a state that people think is all manufacturing, DuPont, all the, all like those kind. But it's also a $4 billion industry in agriculture in the Delmarva Peninsula. Almost all chickens and soybeans, but I watch what happened in my community. I watch what happened in all across America. Now we're growing an economy from the middle out and the bottom up instead of the top down. And folks, there's a practical reason for that. When the middle class does well, the poor have a way up, and the wealthy still do very well. It's everybody does better. When rural America does well, when Indian country does well, we all do well. And folks, <laughs> folks and Pressman calling my plan Bidenomics. Well, it's about investing in all, all of America, all of America, including rural America. It's about making things in rural America again. And that's exactly what the historic legislation we passed has done, creating new and better markets and new income streams so that generations of rural Americans can begin to thrive again. For example, 
through our clean energy initiatives contained in the Inflation Reduction Act. We're investing nearly $20 billion, $20 billion. The money's there to help farmers and ranchers tackle climate crisis through climate-smart agriculture and cover crops. Nutrient management. Subscribe, Greg. Sorting carbon in the soil, storing carbon in the soil, reducing greenhouse gas emissions while improving overall health of the soil and the water. And instead of doing, doing what they have to do now, depending on one income stream being at the mercy of the commodity markets and the big corporations under our plan, farmers can diversify and earn additional income just, just, just selling into the local markets. You know, it's, it matters. Let me give you an example. When a farmer sells his commodities normally, you have to go through the grocery store and the farmers get about 18 cents for every federal dollar, excuse me, every, every dollar they have. Sometimes they get less than that. Some, some but, but when a farmer sells locally, the farmers can get anything from 50 to 75 cents for their same exact product. In addition to producing renewable energy and taking advantage of the bioeconomy, the result of family farms that were barely making ends meet use these funds provided to improve their bottom line after being squeezed by big corporations for so long. Look, we're also promoting competition in agricultural markets. For too long, farmers like Brad and his brother and his dad, mom, have had to sell their hogs, not just a handful of meat processors. There's only a handful that existed. Outsized control over the industry, and they set the prices as well. But let me put this, uh, this uh, perspective to you. Just four big corporations control more than half the market in beef, pork, and poultry. And because so few companies control so much of the market, if one of those processing plants goes offline, it can cause massive supply chain disruptions, slowing production, and cost farmers big. It happened to Brad. When processing plants shut down during the pandemic, and he had to rely on social media to sell us hogs. Folks, look, there's something wrong when just 7 percent of the American farms get nearly 90 percent. 7 percent get 90 percent of the farm income. And most farmers rely on jobs off the farm to be able to make ends meet on the farm. When I took office, I decided to invest a billion dollars through the American Rescue Plan in small and medium-sized independent meat processors to expand their capacity. And the folks who don't understand that, like the people here do, that's good. what happens is it improves competition. More people are competing for the product, so farmers get the price, a fair price for their product. It's about basic fairness. Right now, the farmers and ranchers who actually grow the food only to see a small percentage of the profit when the food is sold. So when, so we're strengthening local food systems, so rural communities have better access to affordable locally grown food, so the farmers who provide that food actually benefit. From it. Through the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, it's a fancy name, but it's about build, rebuilding America's bridges, roads, highways, etc. We're making the most substantial investments in President Eisenhower's rural American in, uh, since, in rural America since Eisenhower's highway plan. 
roads, bridges, inland waterways, ports, regional airports, clean water, high-speed internet. We're, we're, we're building affordable high-speed internet for every household. Over 230,000 Minnesotans households are already saving $30 or more per month in their internet bills through the affordable connectivity program. But I'm going to need your help. That program's running out of funds. I sent Congress requests for more funding, and they should act now. Act on it now. We're also investing. We're also investing over $50 million to bring high-speed internet to tribal communities here in Minnesota alone. We're also making. We're also making the largest investment in rural electrification since FDR, providing grants and loans to rural electric co-ops to supply rural communities with affordable, reliable, clean energy as well. Today, I'm proud to announce new funding that will go directly to rural communities. One billion dollars to fix aging critical rural infrastructure like electric water, like electricity, water, wastewater systems that haven't been replaced in decades. We're investing millions in building new bio economy and with homegrown biofuels, which will contribute nearly three billion dollars to Minnesota's economy over every year as it saves a, as an important market for family farms to be able to feed us. And folks, this is just a start. Today I'm announcing we're investing nearly $2 billion to help more farmers adopt practices to fight climate change and earn new income. We're investing $145 million for farmers and rural communities to install clean energy technologies like solar panels and lowering electric bills. An additional $274 million to expand rural high-speed internet even further. $2 billion to support communities in our rural partners network, which puts federal employees on the ground to help rural communities take advantage of the federal resources, let them know what they are and where they are. We're also making rural America — we're also making sure rural America can compete with clean energy manufacturing jobs of the future. Earlier this year, I was in Minnesota, where, where we're, over, uh, we're over a century. Cummins built diesel engines and heavy-duty trucks and power generators. But now, Thanks to the legislation I signed, the tax credit for clean energy, Cummings is converting its facility to make essential components for producing clean hydrogen used for cleaner production of everything from cars to trucks to steel to cement to manufacturing. And it's going to create thousands of jobs. In a place like Ohio and outside of Syracuse, New York, and all over the country, including in rural America, semiconductor companies are investing hundreds of billions of dollars — not a joke — hundreds of billions of dollars to bring chip production back home. You know, those, those little computer chips about the size of the tip of your little finger. We invented them in America. We made them more sophisticated. 
And we lost the ability to make them because we only had now 10% of the production. I went to South Korea to meet with Samsung and other groups. And I said, hey, look, why don't you come and invest in America? And guess what? The South Korean company came along and they're going to invest $200 million. We have over, excuse me, $20 billion. We're going to invest over $350 billion in building these chips. And everything in our lives, from cell phones, automobiles, refrigerators, most sophisticated weapon systems rely on these. I might add, the factory being used to produce these chips, they call them fabs, employ thousands of people. You know what the average salary in those factories is going to be? Over $100,000 a year, and you don't need a college degree. That's that's the truth. All that means good jobs. Good jobs in rural America. The bottom line is this. Instead of exporting jobs overseas for cheaper labor, now we're creating jobs here and expanding American products and selling them overseas. Folks, we're not only transforming rural communities, we're transforming our economy. A year ago, experts said a recession was almost guaranteed. Remember, months ago, a recession is coming, a recession is coming. Well, guess what? Just last week, we learned the economy grew by nearly 5% the last quarter. Proving the experts wrong. Since I took office, we've created 13.9 million jobs since I was elected. We created more jobs in two years than any president has done in four-year terms. And nearly 200,000 of those new jobs are right here in Minnesota. 200,000. Remember, we're told we no longer be the manufacturing capital of the world. Well, guess what? We created 815,000 manufacturing jobs, twice as many as the previous administration. Where does it say we can't be the manufacturing capital of the world? Where is that written? The unemployment rate has stayed below 4% for 20 months in a row, the longest stretch in 50 years. Inflation is coming down at the same time. It's down from 60%. It's down 60% since last summer. Core inflation is the lowest level in two years. We have the lowest inflation rate of any major economy in the world. Folks, all this is no accident. It's Bidenomics. And by the way, we got more to do. We got more to do. We're creating good jobs in communities across rural America, including in places where decades of factories that were open that families worked at got shut down. Towns were towns were hollowed out. Jobs moved overseas. Over the past few decades, these communities lost more than jobs. They lost their sense of dignity, opportunity, pride. My plan is about investing in rural America. It's about something else as well. It's about restoring pride to rural communities that have been left behind for far too long. No, we really have. It's not hyperbole. For decades, families like Brad sat around the kitchen table with their kids and grandkids worried, wondering, how, how can we keep the farm and the family? Because of these investments we're making, family farms like this one will stay in the family, and the children and grandchildren like Brad won't have to leave home to make a living. Now, Brad sits around the kitchen table with his four-year-old son and 20-month-old daughter. She'll understand it all right away. 
who are here today, he doesn't have to worry about if the farm's going to stay in the family if they want it to. Folks, Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream. Forty years ago, trickle-down economics limited the dream to those at the top. But I believe every American willing to work hard should be able to get a job, no matter where they live, in the heartland, in small towns, to raise their kids on a good paycheck and keep their roots where they grew up. You know, my dad used to have an expression for real, he'd say. He said, Joey, I mean it sincerely, it's kind of a job's more than a, about a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about pride. It's about respect. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay, and mean it. That's the American dream. That's Bidenomics. It's rooted, it's rooted in what always worked best for the country. Investing in America. Yeah. Investing in America. And investing in Americans, no matter where they live, in rural communities, tribal communities, suburbs, or cities. Because I believe a president is supposed to re represent all American people, not just some Americans. Folks, here's the deal. It's never been a good bet to bet against the American people. Never, never, never. I can honestly say I've never been more optimistic about America's future than I am today. We just have to remember who in God's name we are. We're the United States of America. And think about this. We've always come out of every conflict we've gotten into. We've always got every problem we've had stronger than we went in. There's nothing beyond our capacity. Think about it. Anything we've ever set our mind to as a nation, we've never failed to succeed. Not a joke. Never failed to succeed. Nothing's beyond our capacity when we do it together. So let's unite this country. Let's do it together. Let's make sure that those who want to stay in the farm can stay as long as they want because they make a good, decent living. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.